Hello, and welcome to the Wellness with Will podcast. I'm your host, William Bryant. And as we move into the third quarter of 2023, we are transitioning our focus to mental well-being. Throughout our next several episodes, we'll be hearing from some guest speakers and taking a deep dive into all all things mental wellness. Before today, I want to kind of talk a little bit about where the world is at with mental wellness. You know, over the past few years, many levels of society has been shifting the conversation of mental health from one focused on disease and dysfunction to one of holistic well-being. The cobwebs of ages-old stigma are being blown away, replaced by medical research, education, and empathy. And it couldn't be better time because now we're living in the post-global mental health crisis that was warned by the World Health Organization in early 2020. In fact, the pandemic illuminated this most, this most human aspect of ourselves, how our thoughts and our feelings influence how we relate to the world and how we function in it. We all know that mental well-being is such a vast topic, and there's no way I could cover it all in a single episode. However, I think one of the most important things to know is that there has been a sense of shift in the conversation about mental health from before the pandemic to now. When I think back to timeframes of 2019 and the years leading up to it, it seemed that the media and conversation around what was happening in our minds was either about mental illness or self-care. It was as if a person was either in one camp or the other opposite end of the, the, the continuum. We've also heard advice on being kinder to ourselves and we've seen a huge load of marketing of products and services that are encouraging us to indulge ourselves in the name of self-care. And in some ways, it feels like a rather serious topic has gotten watered down in marketing to the mainstream. For instance, if you're feeling anxious, take a bubble bath or buy this thing to fix yourself as if it were that simple. But then 2020 happened. COVID changed the awareness and the conversation around health and made it everyone's business. We learned that just as we had to take measures to protect ourselves and others physically, we had to do the same mentally. And the media headlines have started talking about the negative thoughts and feelings that accompany trying to survive a global pandemic. And in fact, COVID-19, in a way, normalized the conversation around our mental selves. And now, here we are in 2023, and those in the best physical health, such as professional athletes, have continued revealing publicly that their mental health is suffering. You know, if we think back, first it was world number two tennis pro Naomi Osaka, who, risking ridicule and up to $20,000 in fines, withdrew from mandatory press conferences at the French Open. She then wrote an essay published by Time magazine that the the decision was in fact to exercise self-care and preserve her mental health. In that essay, she goes on to state that it's okay not to be okay. 
And that is the truth. And maybe perhaps Naomi Osaka's lighting of the Olympic cauldron shortly after that to kick off the summer games also lit a way for other athletes to be open about their mental health. If we also think back, we had American gymnast Simone Biles who took the torch, so to speak, withdrawing from four events because she wasn't in form mentally. This, in a turn, affected her physically. Here we have someone who has excelled with the pressure of performance her entire life. But she had to step aside on this important occasion because of what was happening internally for her. And if you've read her story or if you go and you read her story, there was a lot going on off the map. Now Simone Biles is held as an advocate for mental health. And whether or not you've watched the Olympics, chances are you're familiar with these stories. And that making front page news is a massive shift from years gone by. Even through the 1950s, mental health was discussed behind closed doors, if it was discussed at all. So what's the state of the world's mental well-being today? Well, frankly, we're in a global crisis. The fear, anxiety, and stress that the coronavirus had on us and thinking of the isolation and, and lockdowns. That in and of itself caused the number of American adults reporting symptoms of anxiety and depression to nearly quadruple. Before the pandemic, it was estimated that more than 1 billion people worldwide experience a mental disorder and that mental illness accounts for more disability in developed countries than any other group of illness. In America, that's one in five adults experiencing mental illness each year and one in 20 with serious mental illnesses each year. And that's according to America's largest grassroots mental health organization called the National Alliance on Mental Illness. The difference of these two classifications, mental illness and serious mental illness, depends on the level of debilitation they bring. So for example, schizophrenia is a serious mental illness. And unfortunately, many people are not seeking help. A U.S. report from 2017 stated that 18% of adults had a mental illness, yet only 13% sought treatment. Is it because they feel shame or feel stigmatized? Or is it because the waiting times to get seen are too long? Or there are no local services or maybe no affordable services? It could be any of these reasons. There could even be other reasons out there. And I think one of those reasons that could potentially be out there is that society for the longest time has conditioned us to keep our own problems to ourselves. That if you have a mental illness or you are going through anxiety, depression, or even large amounts of stress, that in some way or another, you're soft. You're not good enough. And that is further from the truth. While the real life impact on, of mental goings on can be told through stories of those living it, there's also been a huge economic impact that has been tallied. 
and it's an expensive impact. Poor mental health costs the global economy $2.5 trillion a year. $1 trillion of that is due to the loss of productivity from anxiety and depression alone. All of this could be alleviated by scaling up treatment for common illnesses like anxiety and depression. And in fact, the World Health Organization has said that for every dollar invested in mental health, there is a $5 return in better health and the ability to work. I mean, could you imagine getting quadruple return on any investment? It's, it's fantastic. But you know, there is reason for hope. I'd say the most significant shift in language is the language across the medical industry, the public sector, and even the mass media from using mental health, which has a bias towards disease and dysfunction or lacking, to be more positively framed term of mental well-being. And the term well-being is an acknowledgement of the holistic nature of all aspects of our health and and the mind, the body, and even the spirit, all being connected. And it's also humane. And this, folks, is exactly what we're going to be talking about from July through September. We will dive in here and, and understand how mental health affects different people. Because let's face it, how it affects one person is completely different from how it affects another. Throughout the next several months, we will hear tips and strategies from different perspectives in hopes that you, our listeners, can find something that works for you. So stay tuned. Join us in our next podcast as we hear from our first guest about how mental health impacts them. And we hear some tips and tricks from them on how they manage their mental well-being. That's all for now, folks. I look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, and stay positive. See you soon.